Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you cosmic cuties, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me, as always, she's like chair dancing already, moving her shoulders up and down. Carla Wainwright. Carla Wainwright. (laughs) My last name really doesn't work. It fucking worked. (laughs) As a jingle. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Have we been doing whippets before this episode? Maybe. (laughs) Just kidding. There were whippets at that party that I was at till last weekend. Really? Yeah, I know. Aren't we all too old for whippets? Wasn't I was like, I haven't seen thing? these in 20 years. I actually <laughs> never did whippets. And it wasn't until I moved to Prince George in my like 20s or 30s. And my friends were like, yeah, I remember when we used to like huff stuff. And I'm like, that's how you guys got high up here. <laughs> I was smoking weed. <laughs> so whippets. Oh, my God. Like we're in our 40s and 50s. Like. I mean, that sounds fun. And I do order a lot of whipped cream these days, like the light stuff. Like, am I just wasting the bottle? Okay. You know what? When I looked at it, I'm like, I haven't seen that since I was at a Grateful Dead concert in San Francisco. (laughs) And that was a long time ago. (laughs) No shit. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, well, before we go off into the Whippet Wonderland, (laughs) we should probably get things started here. So that mysterious ball of rock. 239,000 miles from Earth has inspired myths and superstitions for thousands of years. And of course it has. The moon is amazing, but sometimes the truth can seem stranger than fiction. As self-proclaimed lunatics, we love all things moon-related, and Carla and I are here to share some moon I-was-today-years-old facts and give you a whole new appreciation of the orb in the night sky. Carla, would you like to do the honors and get us started? I would love to. So we're going to start with just a really short historical section today. So uh, lunar deities and moon worship can be found throughout most of recorded history in various forms. And really, probably almost every culture has moon myths and gods and goddesses associated Mm -hmm. with the moon. And many cultures have implicitly, implicitly linked the 29... 0.5 0.5 day lunar cycle to women's menstrual cycles, um, which is, which is, this is kind of interesting, which is evident in the shared linguistic roots of menstruation and moon words in many different language families. Hmm. And so also while the majority of moon deities are female, there are also some moon gods as well, depending on the culture. But here at the Radical Sex Witches, there's a few female goddesses, uh, moon goddesses we really dig. And some of our fam- favorites are Artemis. Cardwin and Hecate. Mm-hmm. My girl Hecate. Yeah. To include her. <laughs> and this this is not really going to surprise you unless maybe you were born yesterday, but full moons make you a little crazy. I know I've experienced it. So since ancient times, full moons have been associated with odd or insane behavior, including sleepwalking, suicide, illegal activity, fits of violence, and of course, transforming into werewolves. And did you know that the word lunacy and lunatic come from the Roman goddess of the moon Luna, who is said to ride her silver chariot across the dark sky each night? 
And for thousands of years, doctors and mental health professionals believed in a strong connection between mania and the moon. So Hippocrates, is that how you say it? Yep. Hippocrates, uh, considered the father of modern medicine, wrote the 5th century BC that one who is seized with terror, fright, and madness during the night is being visited by the goddess of the moon. Oh, wow. I wish. That'd be fun, hey? (laughs) (laughs) And in the 18th century England, people on trial for murder could campaign for a lighter sentence on grounds of lunacy if the crime occurred under a full moon. Meanwhile, psychiatric patients at London's uh, Bethlehem Hospital were shackled and flogged as a prospective measure during certain lunar phases. And even today, despite studies discrediting the hypothesis, some people think full moons make everyone a little loony. And real quick fact here. So like when I used to work at TELUS, uh, being on the phone, talking to people, um, our managers would buy us full moon treats because we knew that the calls that would be coming in would just be batshit fucking bonkers or people be really bitchy and like they weren't wrong. So it was very nice of them to be like, here's some sugar, motherfuckers. Survive the day. <laughs> yeah. And if you ask anyone who works in the ER, which I have, they always say that the full moon is there is more visits to the ER. People are crazier. I know they say that there's studies that discredit it, but you can ask anybody. Have we not everybody. proven it? Like with how like the moon controls the tides and our bodies I know. Are like so much water and blah, blah, blah science. I know. But I'm curious about the 18th century thing about people on trial. So did people who were like planning to murder someone, they were like, okay, like, I better do this on the full moon. This court- oh, yeah. How many got away with that for a lighter sentence? <laughs> like. Yeah. But I was a werewolf. But I don't think that uh, jail in 18th century England was actually that pleasant. So no, I, not, no. not, not that jail's pleasant now. I should just no. really qualify that statement. <laughs> it's it was probably a lot worse. Probably. Okay. Our next factoid. Aliens were thought to inhabit the moon. So in the 1820s, the Bavarian astronomer Franz von Paula Grutusen claimed to have glimpsed entire cities on the moon with his telescope. He wrote that the Lunarians who lived there had built sophisticated buildings, roads, and forts. Most of his colleagues scoffed at his assertion, but he eventually got a small lunar crater named after him. So, you know. I wonder what his telescope was like that he was seeing that. Or maybe he was high as balls. Maybe he was doing whippets. Maybe he was doing whippets and looking at the moon. That could be fun. I know. I was just like, I can see myself doing something like that. <laughs> uh, reel it in. Reel it in. No woman has ever walked on the moon. Shocker. Neil Armstrong was the first man on the moon, and along with fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin, made the first successful landing on the moon in 1969, so they say. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> since this time, there has been only 12 people who have set foot on the moon, and none of these individuals have been a woman. Wah, Because we know that no one's ever really actually been up there to begin with. <laughs> Thanks, Internet, for planting stupid conspiracy theories in my brain. <laughs> okay moving on the moon is the destination of a proposed burial ground yeah people you know they're interested in all kinds of alternative burial options i'm actually personally interested in a cardboard box but anyway (laughs) i'm interested in the oven you know (laughs) uh 
but this also includes space and on the moon. So apparently more than 450 people's ashes have been shot into orbit since 1992. And there may be a time in the future where ashes are also sent to the moon. So there's a company named Elysium Space, and they've launched a a lunar memorial service with uh, plans of sending the cremated remains, but only up to one gram of ashes. Okay. The caveat uh, for a moon burial. And as a side note, there is actually one person who is buried on the moon and his ashes belong to the late astronomer and geologist, Dr. Eugene Shoemaker. And NASA honored Shoemaker by sending his ashes to the moon's surface with the lunar perspective in uh, 1998. That's really cool. And so, okay, if it's you can only send a gram of yourself up there, why wouldn't you do that? It's only a gram of your ashes. Totally. You could just be up there. I'm not against yeah. that. No. <laughs> I'm curious what they're going to charge for that. But uh, probably a lot, probably Probably a lot. And what are they going to do? Are they going to take all those grams and like mix it all together? Or are they going to, how are they going to do it? Like, what's the plan? Curious. Yeah, they must. It's like when you can't afford to have a proper like cremation to like get your pet pet to come home and they put you into the, they put them into the, I don't know why I'm laughing. I've had a cat back in the day that had to do that. They put you into the community, like, yes, pet area. I actually know the guy who runs that place. Do you? <laughs> He's lovely. Oh. Anyway, this is going sad fast. <laughs> it really it up, is. I don't know why. The- <laughs> <laughs> you say shit. I picture it. My mind goes places. But guess what? The moon has a bit of a trash collection situation. Well, this shouldn't be surprising. But unfortunately, there's a lot of man-made debris that the moon has been collecting. And there is an estimated, oh my God, 181, 4,037 kilograms of man-made material lying on the moon's surface left behind astronauts. Some of this is trash, but also includes lunar rovers and space probes. And you can also find objects like golf balls, a falcon feather, and a golden olive branch have been left behind. And less pleasant substances like, (laughs) of course, containers of human feces that didn't make it to the trip back home. Like, really? Could you just not have brought that back? Really? my, My space poop. I mean, like, I would brag about that. Like, I shit on the moon. I'm not saying it's okay. I would. I'd be like, guys, I'm 75. I'm like, remember that one time I shit on the moon? They're like, yeah, grandma, you've told this story like a hundred (laughs) times. And then as you walk back into the spaceship and there's a little piece of toilet paper stuck to your foot. (laughs) (laughs) Egg on your face. I'm never having kids. And there's been no women on the moon either. Yeah. So to be the first woman to take a dump up there. <laughs> Equity. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> there is no dark side of the moon. So, you know, of course, we all know Pink Floyd's lyrics about the dark side of the moon, but it's actually inaccurate. And just because there's Uh, The far side of the moon does not face Earth. It does not mean that it's dark all the time. This is actually kind of interesting. I didn't know this. So both sides of the moon see the same amount of sunlight. 
And the only difference is that we only ever see one side of the moon from Earth because it takes the moon just as long to complete one full rotation as it does for the body to orbit around the Earth once. So what that means is that the same side is always facing the planet. What? Yeah. And it has something to do with gravitational forces and everything. But so the moon's spinning and it's going around the Earth, but... It all, you know, it takes the same amount of time for it to do both things. So we only ever see one side of the moon. Who figures this shit out? Smart people. Yep. <laughs> and guess what? The moon is slowly drifting away from the earth. Imagine looking up at the night sky and seeing the moon 10 times bigger. Well, the moon started out 10 times closer to earth than it is now. And that's because the moon is slowly moving away at a rate of 3.78 centimeters. Again, who figures this out per year from (laughs) earth as a reaction to the earth's tide. Very long ruler. (laughs) Right now, this distance is not going to have much of an effect, but over a lengthy period of time, this could have an effect on the earth, causing it to slow down. Interesting. Kind of crazy. Another fact I'm going to share that I had no idea. The moon is shaped more like an egg than a perfect sphere. What? I know. So we think, I mean, now I have like this beautiful moon object thing and it's inaccurate. I'm feeling very disappointed. However, um, yeah, we think the moon is a perfect sphere and it appears like that when we view it in the night sky, but actually it's shaped more like an egg. and the moon shape has been the subject of several studies, and it turns out that the moon's center of mass is actually a few miles closer to Earth than its actual geometric center. What? So that, yeah, and so then that changes the shape of the moon, again, because of gravitational pull. Okay, I I mean, we don't have this answer here, but I want to know why then from Earth it appears round to us. How come it doesn't look like an egg to us? <laughs> the great cosmic egg in the sky. I don't yeah. know. Which came first? (laughs) (laughs) I'll shut up. I'll just go to the next point before I fucking ruin this some more. So the moon has mountains, which are a result of asteroid craters. Hmm. Makes sense. So the moon has mountains, and the tallest one measured from base to top is, I can't say this, Mons Hugens. Hugens? How do you say that? Yeah, I think you got it. Something like that which measures 4,700 meters tall, which is around half the height of the tallest mountain on Earth, Mount Everest. Unlike the mountains on Earth, which have been formed by magma, magma, or tectonic action, almost all of the mountains on the moon are a result of asteroids' impacts in the past. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Magma. Did you play the lava game when you were a kid? Fucking rights I did. Yeah. That was like a great pastime. I love the lava game. Yeah. We should get drunk and just play that one day. <laughs> we should. <laughs> In the backyard, it'd be the the, <laughs> the lava party. Oh, we're on to something. I'm curious. Like, I wonder, listeners, have you did you play the lava game? Was this a thing? Is it still Come on? The floor is lava. I'm yeah, sure the floor's lava. Who didn't? Yeah, exactly. Okay, this next one is really horrifying oh no thank the goddess it didn't happen okay so during the 1950s the u.s considered detonating a nuclear bomb on the moon jesus christ i know insanity so there was a a top secret project in 1958 called project a119 
and also known as a study of lunar research flights. And they designed it because they wanted to have this show of strength and an opportunity to boost domestic confidence when uh, it was a time where the U.S. was losing the space race to the, you know, the then Mm -hmm. Soviets. So if the bomb exploded, if they'd done it, if they exploded a bomb on the surface instead of a crater, the flash, you would have been able to see it from Earth with your naked eye. I bet you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. Okay, so they never did it, obviously. Uh, But this is the reason why. Due to a concern about negative public reaction, possible militarization of space, and the higher probability that a manned moon landing would be more popular in the eyes of the world. How about like fucking up the moon and like the gravitational force? All the planets. (laughs) Oh my fucking God. I know. So uh, the project documents actually remained a secret for over 40 years. Until former NASA executive, uh, Leonard Rifle, who led the project, he revealed the project in, in the year 2000, but the U.S. government has actually never officially recognized their involvement in the project, and there's no record of it on NASA's website. I believe Leonard. Yeah, but that is messed up. Oh my God, that could that would have been really catastrophic. To points that we probably don't even realize. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. We're stronger than the Soviet (laughs) Union. Now we're all dead. Holy (laughs) fuck. Merka. The moon is a broken off piece of the earth. What? What? Science, scientific consensus says that the moon formed is that billions of years ago when a protoplanet crashed into earth and the pieces of it revolved around the earth to form the moon. By modeling the evolution of fragments from the collision, researchers researchers of a 2015 study on lunar formation estimated the moon formed around 4.47 billion years ago, and it's the largest moon in the solar system relative to this planet. Again, this planet. Yeah. So there's Again. a bigger moon. Jupiter has, I don't know, 100 and something moons, and it's got a bigger moon, like it's bigger mm-hmm. than our moon, but mm-hmm. in comparison to size, ours is the biggest. Oz is the biggest. Whip it out. Again, who is smart enough to figure out this shit? Science. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting to close to the end. Tides are caused by the moon. Pretty sure everyone knows this, but I actually didn't understand how it worked. So this is, I'm going to share this with you. There are two bulges in the earth <laughs> resulting from I know, the gravitational pull of the moon. So one bulge is on the side of the earth that faces the moon and the other is on the side that faces away. And when the earth rotate, the bulges move around in the oceans, causing the high tides and the low tides in the oceans all over the world. So there's like that gravitational pull with the bulges and that's what moves the tides. What? I know. I love all this shit you find. <laughs> this actually and we've got one more left but this might actually be one of my favorite uh i was today years old there's yeah. some good shit in here carla good job and finally the moon belongs to all of us during the height of the space race in 1967 the U- the u.s and the soviet union signed the outer space treaty a document declaring that the moon would be a glo- global commons and any resources discovered there would be used for the good of the world overall but maybe it just shouldn't belong to any of us. Yeah, especially if we're planning to blow up 
blow up. And I'm sorry to be used for the good of the world overall. That's kind of bullshit because the power hungry rich people would just be all over that in seconds. And if you think of it, aside from like NASA and the astronauts, the people that go to space are rich, like the, the pleasure cruises, but it's a nice thought. It is a nice thought. Let's just like (laughs) not own the moon. Why do we have to own everything? Let's just not own it and appreciate it for, you know, without the moon, our lives would be, who knows? Who knows if we'd even be here? Thanks for not blowing it up back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we are. Another I was today years old episode. And I already praised Carla on all of her good fact finding. I really liked that one. Hope that you guys learned something along with us. Anyways, the next time that we're back here on the Radical Sex Witches, we got another fabulous interview with you for you with our friend Jess, who runs Trailblaze Sex Education. I'm little Leah. And I'm Carla. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we will see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique radical sex witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.